Greetings. One must not get one's knickers in a twist. So when I think of the Black Death, images spring into my head of very stylized 2D medieval paintings of bodies and skeletons everywhere. I find them all very sinister. The Black Death is a fantastic name and appeals very much to my dark side and my macabre self. The Black Death should not be confused with the plague of 1665 to 1666, usually known as the Great Plague of London. I'm going to talk about this in a future episode when our guest today tests my knowledge. The Black Death was much earlier, and to learn more, I'm joined yet again by the medieval knowledge fountain that is Chris Riley. Welcome back to the History Emporium Powers podcast, Chris. Thanks for having me back, mate. Welcome. This is uh, turning into a bit of a regular thing, isn't it? I know, people are going to start talking. (laughs) Although there's a few hundred miles between us. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we're going to talk about the Black Death today. We spoke about it briefly on our last episode when we were talking about um, Edward III. Um, But we're just going to go into a bit more detail. um, And I'm going to test your knowledge once more. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a topic that we we kind of touched on a little bit last time, but it definitely deserves um, to kind of have the light shined on it. A hundred percent, pretty pretty cool thing. Hundred percent. So if we just jump straight in there, then so what periods um, do we find ourselves in when we're talking about the Black Death? Sound yeah. So the the Black Death in in quotation marks the actual the actual plague that's referred to as the Black Death was in the mid fourteenth century. Um, but it's not. It wasn't an isolated incident. It wasn't a one-time disease. Um, the first time we have a record of of this plague, um, Yersinia pestis, which is the actual plague itself, is way way back in the year 542. Um, so the very very end of the of the Roman Empire. So the Western Roman Empire has fallen, um, but the the East is still kicking, uh, and it's called the Plague of Justinian who was the, the emperor at the time. And if you Google, anybody could Google right now, um, worst year in history or worst year ever, the year 542 will come up, I guarantee it. Not 2020. Um, 20... <laughs> no, because a lot of people were Googling it. I actually, I read an article on it. A lot of people were Googling, is 2020 the worst year ever? Obviously, there are far, far worse years in history. And 542 is considered the worst, um, partly because it had the um, the first known kind of record of, of this horrendous plague that at the time killed about 25 million people obviously that is a complete complete stab in the dark i'd say just because we have no idea how many people it killed but back to what we were talking about the actual black death called the black death was in um started in around the 1330s um, and then lasted throughout the the mid period of the 14th century that's quite a long period of time then it's not a sort of one isolated event no, and I think I think sometimes it's I know it was for me anyway, it's taught as this start, middle, end kind of thing. Like it just happens, it got bad and then it went away. And and it really wasn't that. Obviously one big contributing fact, and it's something we'll discuss later, I'm sure, is the, the lack of medical knowledge and, and how you can prepare for something that you don't understand is, is virtually impossible. 
Um, but yeah, it, it basically it, it, it would come back periodically. Uh, and it, it came back throughout history up until uh, the 1950s. And the lack of records as well, if we're going that far back, um, you, you're saying you're taking a massive stab in the dark about the amount of people that, that came victim to this plague. Um, mm. the, the records just weren't as clear as they are today, are they? No, it's, it's the, the estimates for deaths vary widely. Obviously, the, the, the plague of Justinian is, is one thing, but then the Black Death, which was probably, it's probably considered most important, for a better word, crisis in human history. It, it was that damaging. It, it, um, it really is something to, uh, it's something absolutely insane. From about 50 to 200 million deaths, 200 million kind of the more buzzfeedy um, estimate because it you know brings people in. I remember using that on an article, and several people told me, "Is it? Are you sure it's two hundred million?" I'm like, "Well, you've commented on my post now, so yeah, I, I did the right thing." That's an insane amount of people. I can't even get my head around them numbers and those figures. That's huge, absolutely huge. Yeah. And considering there were less people just in the world generally back then, that would yeah, have taken absolutely. out a huge percentage of the population. I mean, in England alone, which is what I will probably focus on today and, and generally, in England alone, the population was about five to six million and they think maybe three million died. So that's catastrophic. 60% of the population. Yeah, there is no other word really to describe wow. the destruction of the Black Death. So we know when it was. So what were, what were the symptoms of the Black Death? So how would you know that you had it? So the reason it's called the Black Death is because of one of the main symptoms. Um, it's the black kind of pus-filled buboes, as they've called, hence the bubonic plague. Um, they would gather around the like nodes, so your armpits, your groin, your neck, places like that. Would would these horrible like pus and blood-filled balls would 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 show, and you would be able to see the essentially the Black Death because they would go black and, and bloody. Ball. But also there would be um, there was fever, um, sickness, every everything up to organ failure, which ultimately killed people. That sounds horrendous. Yeah, awful. Like, I don't really think there are many worse ways to go, because it only took about twenty four hours as well. That was my next question. So I was going to say, what the 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 time of diagnosis to the time of dying? So very quick then. If you were hard, probably about a week. <laughs> if you were if northern, you were proper hard. Yeah, if you were northern, you would lasted a lasted a couple of days. Us, um, but, us um, southern fairies wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have lasted <laughs> that long. Um, but no, it's and and to be honest, it's exactly the same now. So, for those that are wondering, yes, you can still catch the plague. There are places around the world that you can still catch the plague, and um, you can still get all the same symptoms and you can die in 24 hours. There is, it does not change. But oh, it's fully treatable as long as you go, oh, there's something growing in my armpit. Get to the hospital because they can, they can treat it and you're absolutely sound. So rather than a virus like we have now, it's, mm. is it bacterial? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so obviously we all, we all know that fleas carry rats. Uh, rats carry fleas, not the other way around, that would be strange, um, <laughs> which then carry the actual bacteria, uh, Yersinia pestis. Um, it's the only disease I know the Latin name of, 
uh, and I'm going to ride that into the sunset. But yes, it was carried um, on rats, on usually on ships. But I'll I'll talk later about the how it how basically how it ended up here, because um, it's quite a, it's quite an interesting and quite a if this didn't happen and that didn't happen, we probably wouldn't have had the Black Death. But so digress. That no, that leads perfectly onto my next question. I was going to ask how how did the Black Death spread? Where did it start? How did it get here? Um, Mm. So there are shocking parallels between what is currently going on in the world with with COVID-19 and the Black Death. Not on a scale, not on a a sort of a death scale, but we really know where it came from. But the best estimates are out of China. That's where it's likely to have come from. Okay. Um, The Mongols that were ravaging the Eurasian steppe, so from um, the west coast, yeah, west side of Russia, to all the way over to the Chinese Sea, the Mongols were moving in out and, and, and carrying this, this bacteria with them. Um, and it, it took quite a while to travel, because obviously at this point in history, there are no motorways, there are no planes, there are very, very few fast ships. Um, it's the um, the only way to, to move things is by horse, really. Yeah, so the Silk Roads played a massive part in transmitting the disease through Asia and into kind of the out of into East Europe. Um, but it kind of stopped there, and it wasn't until um, the Mongols were attacking a, a it's a really really rogue story. The Mongols were attacking a Genoese held city around the Black Sea. Um, the place is called uh, Kaffa. Um, it's up and around the Black Sea area, and it was a completely random event in history. It wasn't part of some massive global conquest, other than the fact that it was the Mongols, which is pretty much their whole game. But yeah, they were sieging this um, the city that was held by the Genoese, and um, the rumours go, because this is all rumour mill at this point, um, the rumour goes that their camp was hit hard by plague, um, and... The, the, one of the coolest rumours, it's one of the most macabre rumours, but from, from this siege is they, the Mongol leadership decided, screw it, we'll just catapult the bodies over the walls because they stink and they'll probably just damage morale so much that they'll open the doors. So it wasn't to infect people necessarily, it was just, where can we put these bodies? And B, it'll smell really bad. But in doing so, the rumour goes that they flung the plague into... Kaffa was then, the Genoese escaped, brought it back to Europe, and the rest is history. Um, because cities of like Constantinople, they stopped off at Valencia uh, and Messina in Sicily, which was the first place in Europe that recorded a, uh, a case of the Black Death, um, when I think two sailors stepped off the ship and essentially died at the port of the Black Death. They just basically fell off the ship, covered in these black, oozing, horrible, nastiness things, uh, and collapsed so yeah that's how it kind of traveled uh, and that was in the 30 sort of 1347 um time they say that chemical warfare is dirty but that warfare sounds quite dirty to me um by launching the yeah. the, the bodies over to their enemy um and unknowingly spreading this disease that was going to be catastrophic for the world and they they didn't have press i'm assuming like we do um so they they didn't know it was coming 
Um, whereas we kind of had a bit of a heads up. Um, obviously, yeah. I'm comparing COVID to the Black Death, which is not ideal and it's not the same thing. But um, I'm just trying to get um, the sense of context over to, to people. So once the plague had arrived in Europe, um, how did you treat it? Was it treatable? I mean, they did what they could, I would say. I'm going to give medieval medicine the the total bad name that it gets. Um, it, It was terrible. But they did attempt things that you can understand. You can get, you can go, oh yeah, that makes sense why you would try. But ultimately it was at this point virtually untreatable. They had absolutely no concept of A, where it came from, how it spread, what caused it, and how to get rid of it. They really just had no concept of any reason why. Um, but like, for example, um, the city of Florence in Italy, beautiful city, um, it's fortunately 95% of the population were killed. That just shows how truly devastating the, 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 the bacteria was because it, it wiped out a completely normal, prosperous Italian city. It literally wiped it out. Um, so treating it was uh, as that in, in that in, in that example shows that they just couldn't treat it. There were treatments, but so pretty pants. We're living in an age of um, God fearing, I'm guessing still. Um, mm. And back then, so so was this seen as kind of a, a punishment from God? Yeah, I'd say I'd say the main cause or the, the main assumed cause was as uh, kind of like divine intervention. Um, a common theme in um, let's kind of the high medieval period, so after the Norman Conquest to, let's say, the 15th century, was kind of the end of the world. It was quite like a popular thing, like, oh, it's the end of the world next week. What have you got planned for it? It was very like, this is going to happen all the time. Um, and one of, one of the causes was apparently, it's the end of the world, um, so this is the plague that's going to you know wipe out the human race. But they really did try some let's say medical things in, in, in quotation marks, they, the main thing was like bloodletting and bleeding. So uh, leeches or horrendously lancing the boils, which I couldn't imagine, like even saying it, it hurts. Um, but actually allowing the, the fluid, the essentially poisonous fluid to come out and it just infected more of the body. Um, so are we in the times of the belief of the is it the four humours was that the 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 medieval medical sort of way of looking at the body so still relying on the works of people like Galen and Hippocrates and and the four humours you're absolutely right anybody that does GCSE history will remember black bile yellow bile blood and phlegm the hardest word to spell in the entire English language how do you spell it those were the I haven't. I think it's got. I think P L E G Y M. I would have spelt it with an F. F L L O F L E M. That's where I would have gone with that. Bloody Latin. But yeah, the 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 four humors were definitely the the mainstream. Let's call it the mainstream kind of medical uh, thesis to go on and a balancing of those. That hence why the bloodletting and things like that. They were to. Oh, you've obviously got too much blood, mate. I can get rid of that and you'll be right as rain. So it's, it's not true. So I suppose with with without that medical knowledge that again that we have now um 
if you don't have the medical knowledge and you don't know why these things are happening, then how on earth are you going to treat it if you don't know what you're doing exactly. and you don't know what's wrong or if there is an imbalance or if it is a um, a punishment from God or if it is a, a drinking water, if it's something you're eating. You just don't know because you don't know mm. how the body works. They had absolutely no concept of of the body as we know it today a lot of our a lot of the it's called kind of an anatomy studies or anatomical studies was based on pigs which isn't the worst animal to use because we are pretty similar like skin muscle density all that kind of stuff and the organs are pretty much the same hmm. but let's be honest would you be happy if we were still if you went to the doctors and they had just a picture of a, of a pig on the wall i'm like oh yeah i see your problem mate got too much <laughs> phlegm Yes, it's not it's not ideal, is it? Um yeah. the the sort of the, the dissection of the body in medical science wasn't really a thing until the late eighteenth century mm. going into the nineteenth century, and it wasn't really um sort of mastered until mid Victorian to the end. Um and even yeah, then I mean... things were, were were not right. Um this is where you get all the the body snatchers, the Birken hares of, of Scotland and stuff, where they're, they're they're trying to 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 research the body, um, but yeah, that's that's not that long ago in 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 history terms. Mm. Yeah, obviously it was Louis Pasteur in the eighteen sixties that that discovered germs in eighteen sixty eight, which is insanely close historically mm. to say. You know, we're in 2021 now. Um, it's it's only what oh, I'm terrible at maths, but 140 years ago. Yeah, not long at all. Which is no, and and at this time we were soaking people in vinegar and water to kill the plague. Or my, one of my one of the more kind of awkward ones to look at was the the mass displays of penance and whippings that people would do because mm. of the kind of the. The religious connotations. This is God's punishment. We must repent. There, were, there are there are scenes of of, of of shirtless men walking through towns, whipping themselves on the back. And as we know, with our current situation, you know, mixing with other people is not good for a virus or a bacteria that spreads so fast. Because this this thing spread instantly. Because mm. a rat or a or a, or a or a squirrel or whatever was carrying, say, ten fleas. That's 10 people that can be infected in one day from one rat, easily, no question. And that would ravage a household, that would ravage, you know, an entire farm, which at that, which then had even greater effect because it can be destroyed the, the working population of, of England and of France and, you know, of all the places that this did, but um, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll talk about the kind of effects uh, in a minute because there are some pretty interesting effects for the Black Death. So on our last episode, we talked briefly about um, the the Black Death and tier systems, and obviously it probably wouldn't have been coined as as such. Um, but sort of shutting shutting off certain areas to try and control the spread. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely right. As in, obviously it wasn't the same way it is now. That would be strange, um, and you'd think we'd learn from that, but. What they would do is they would, if they suspected a house or there was a household or a person, et cetera, et cetera, that had caught the Black Death, they would shut the house, shut the village, shut the town, whatever it was, 
and try to stop people entering and exiting. Because obviously they, they didn't know how it was spreading, but they knew it was spreading. Um, one of my favorite, it's a horrible thing to say, but my favorite spreading story is with the Scots. Uh, I've mentioned it briefly in the, in the last episode, but the Scots thought it was a divine punishment against the English specifically uh, and took the time to then invade Northern England. So I think they attacked Carlisle, which was literally their favorite place. To, it's like a holiday destination for the Scots at this point in history. <laughs> Um, they would just nip over to Carlisle all the time. But yeah, they, they invaded England and they got the plague. So realistically, yeah, that, that shows the how, how fast and, and how potent the transmission was um, back then. So how did it end? So, I mean, there's, two, there's kind of two answers to this. So the short answer is it didn't. Um, the slightly longer answer is um, it ended in the winter times, usually. So it arrived in England, um, kind of early spring, summer time of sort of 1348-ish, we think, um, after a ship from Bordeaux, which was in um, English-held Aquitaine at the time. It arrived to, uh, into the south coast and just run rampant in the south of England. Um, but yeah, by the winter times, um, I'm, I think it's to do with the rats dying. And there being less uh, movement because it was so cold, um, the transmission virtually stopped. But it would come back most summers for at least, you know, 15, 20 years. So it was up until about the 1360s, there would be periodic outbreaks of the plague or the Black Death. Uh, it didn't end in the 14th century either. So the Great Plague of, of, of the 1660s, like you, you rightly said, is not the same thing. But it is. It's the same bacteria. It just happened at obviously at a different time. But it's considered. I think it's considered the third outbreak of of um, the Yersinia pestis. So you've got um, 542, 1367, and then uh, 1665. Um, but then it continued. Usually kept around China and Mongolia. Uh, regional outbreaks up until the 1950s and 1960s it was considered dangerous by the like world health organization up until 1959 uh, it's considered a threat um but now it is you can catch it in china in mongolia parts of africa peru india madagascar um so it, it's about uh, so technically it's never really ended and it's never really gone away but like I said earlier, don't if anybody's everybody's worried now, don't be. It's fully treatable, and I think the amount of global deaths of it now are in the teens, if that, every year. Which, if you think how many people there are, that's 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 not too bad. So, do we know? I'm putting you on the spot here. Do we know why it originates from that area of the world? Is there something ha that happens there, or, or was happening there, that? starts this is it just a perfect so, storm i don't know it seems to be so i'm definitely not a medical professional so i'm not going to i'm not going to say i understand um diseases and bacteria but from my understanding of it from looking at the black death from living through 2020 and coronavirus it seems to be rodents and the consumption of rodents okay the fact that we don't actually know if it did come out of central china does throw a potential spanner in the works. I'm pretty confident it did because it does make sense. The Mongols were the first people to 
kind of contract it and, and describe it as such. Uh, and it came from that direction. So it makes sense. But mm. I'd be lying if I said that there was a, a concrete reason as to why it comes out of that, that kind of area of the world or why diseases have come in the past. But bacteria like Yersinia pestis and the COVID uh, strains tend to be found in rodents. So rats, squirrels, possums, anything that's kind of cute but kind of scary at the same time you see on the street. So, I mean, humans have travelled and do still travel a, a a great distance around the world. It's not a new thing. We, we see it as, as, mm. as quite new because we have sort of planes and boats and ferries and aer- um, trains. Um, but human movement is obviously a factor. So mm. if people were not moving, then maybe the plague wouldn't have come and caused so much devastation. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the siege of uh, Kaffa, we it probably wouldn't have arrived in Europe. It may... It may have done at some point, but it, it, it's, I don't think it would have done in the 1340s because the Silk Road, so all the trading routes that the, the Mongols basically invented and created this incredible set, um, system of, of horse checkpoints and insanely quick travel times, like think Amazon Prime, but 14th century. So it was super rapid. You know, They could get a message from one side of the empire to the other in a few days, which for that period of time is insane, but it just stopped at the Black Sea, it stopped around there, around kind of Kiev and places like that. So if it wasn't for that siege and the ships didn't leave the city with the Genoese uh, kind of merchants and soldiers, it likely would not have arrived in Europe when it, it did. I'm not saying it wouldn't have done, but that exacerbated things, absolutely. Especially arriving in places like Constantinople, which was by far the biggest city in the world, the known world anyway. It was by far the, the most overpopulated place on the planet. Uh, and places like Messina in Sicily, again, massive trade centres. Because at this point, all of the Italian city-states like Venice, um, um, Sicily, Genoa, they were all trade powerhouses. So there were ships coming in and out like a modern airport. So so that was my next question. So so where there was was ridiculous. And another popular place was London. Yes, a massive port city. Um, so obviously goods are going in and out constantly. Um, we probably haven't got the hygiene mm. and the checks that we have now. Um, well, definitely didn't have the hygiene and the checks that we have now. Um, the ships were made of wood, which um, would have lice in them, which would have all sorts yeah. of creepy crawlies in them. Anything that could harbour yeah. germs. People didn't wash as frequently. Um, it was just... It was just a perfect storm, wasn't it, I guess, at that period of time. So, taking us back to our time period that we're talking about, so what was hygiene like as a as a rule? Yeah, so a common misconception about the Middle Age general is it's a dirty, horrible, um, you know, poo-ridden time, and for the most part, it was. Uh, I'm not going to tell you it was all, you know, sunshine and rainbows because it certainly wasn't. But they did have a general idea of hygiene going back a lot further than we think. Uh, one group of people, I'm going on off on a bit of a tangent here, but one group of people that was super into hygiene were the Vikings. Um, they love having freshly washed hair and combed beards, but 
that that did travel through time and certainly more wealthy members of society which you know kind of goes without saying at this point were far more into hygiene and lack of maybe not hygiene but certainly like general cleanliness yes they would probably wash or bathe properly maybe once twice a year but they were washing their face and their hands you know every day on a good week maybe not as frequently as we do but certainly more than we'd probably give them credit for they would brush their teeth and they would comb their hair um, and they would probably have um, let's say most most people would have say two sets of clothes and when I say two sets of clothes I mean one that they would maybe sleep in or you know wear in the house and one that they would go to kind of more of an event um, or to work etc etc so they weren't they weren't absolute slobs they were filthy but not not to maybe point that we as 21st century uh, people looking back would maybe say so but yeah they sucked so we look at this time period and it, and we get that image of um dirty um like you said poo ridden streets uh, just full of muck um if you've ever seen any excavations on 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 television or in in books or magazines or or anything people's teeth are perfect mm. or near yeah. perfect because this is this is pre sugar age isn't it I was just about to say, can you guess what the reason is? And it's sugar. It's mm. crazy how much damage sugar does to your teeth. And you can clearly, like you said, you can clearly see that in, I don't know, anything pre-16th century, really. You can see the nice pearly whites that everybody has. Obviously, people people's teeth still sucked and people still got had fill-ins and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it all happened, but on a much smaller scale, which mm. I, I find fascinating because... We do associate the medieval period with filth, and it certainly was there. You know, open sewers were a thing. They had no idea what they were doing. It wasn't just smelly; it was also really bad for the health, um, which certainly didn't help things like the Black Death. And 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 plague spread like all the time. Like I said, this is not an isolated incident. This is just the worst one. So we've got rivers um, um, that are open sewers, basically. So the mm. Thames was obviously. I talk about the Thames and London a lot because this is my area and 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 I know it well. So I do apologise for people who live elsewhere. I I do I am aware that other places exist, um, <laughs> but the the Thames was was an open sewer and it's taken them absolutely years to sort it out. And there was also I mean the Thames is not the only river in London. There's the River Fleet, which has now been covered over, which was basically an open sewer and a place where um, all the slaughterhouses would 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 sort of throw their goods into. And um, that's now that river is still there. It's just covered over. That's how we get Fleet Street. Um, but we, we, that practice was going on for a long time. Um, yeah. And it would have been going on when this was happening, I assume. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, not just the rivers, but the streets as well. The streets were just essentially globe, like massive toilets. Obviously, mm. we, we all know the image of, of, of people throwing buckets of excrement out of a window. Gaudy loo. Yeah, absolutely, exactly, yeah. Or the 
or the slightly if you ever go to any uh, kind of castle or nice medieval building i highly highly recommend anybody to look around the outside of it and you will see a, like kind of um holes in upper floors where there is just like a nicely chiseled out funnel going all the way down to the bottom and that was just a toilet mm. and no we're not missing not missing a cistern that was on the bottom or anything like that they literally just did it out the window essentially that's that leads me quite nicely onto i was watching a television program last night about um the tower of london um and when they 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 built it um all the toilets were facing um not the road or not the river where people could see the excrement going down the building but it was actually down the i think it's the west side of the the building and so no one could see it so this glistening white tower actually round the side was actually really dirty yeah yeah and and it's not an isolated as ben it's it's pretty much consistent throughout the middle ages with with a lack of understanding of 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 toiletries of knowledge of of clean of well to me i never understand it because why would you want to look at your own filth or somebody else like just put a cap on it put a top put a lid on it <laughs> literally and just be done with it literally yeah but the the romans everybody has this idea of the romans being this again another tangent and no, the romans go on. being this incredibly you know, uh, and they really were this incredibly uh, sophisticated society full of intelligence and, and, and sophistication. They're, sure, they're still shut in the streets. Mm. I went um, to they, I went to see um, Neil Oliver talk, the historian, the guy that does Coast. Um, yes. And he was he was saying that um, he's, he's quite anti-Roman because it, we were seen as very... Um, uncivilized before the romans mm. came and we were we were seen as as sort of in the backwater but actually that wasn't true a lot of um uh, R- roman inventions etc were were built on top of sort of anglo-saxon settlements so the the infrastructure was there it was just slightly improved anyway that was my tangent about the romans <laughs> and pre conquer <laughs> <laughs> that's a great tangent they're a, they're a great subject that i i'm currently studying personally to to learn a little bit more about because i think there are uh, there's such a it's such a wonderful period of history that we all kind of go oh yeah the romans julius caesar and that's kind of where it stops for a lot of people might myself included uh, but um yeah they were they were decent with hygiene the romans just put it out there to any any roman fans they were really really good and they were way 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 better especially their military camps they always built them in the same way and they had latrines dug and all this kind of stuff but um they still thought it was divine punishment that caused illness so whatever yes yes absolutely so we've touched on hygiene so sort of what were the greater sort of effects of the black death yeah so again i'm going to talk about england um predominantly because it's my kind of area of, of I don't want to use the expertise word but I will area of expertise um it's 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 got some quite strange effects really I I, I touched on them uh, last episode but obviously the the first and most obvious was 40 percent of the population gone um virtually overnight it took maybe six months for 40 percent of the population to die 
Um, Edward III's daughter, Joan, died on her way to Spain. Um, the stories of entire parishes being wiped out. Uh, monasteries left with like one little monk left and that's it. Entire villages essentially just desolate. So there is this massive drop in population and this is global. The, the, I think there's something silly like the it took two, three hundred years before the population of Europe pre-Black Death was then reached again, which is which is crazy. Um, but the, yeah, the main the main effect, obviously, is a massive and tragic loss of life. Um, life wasn't ideal anyway. Um, the average life expectancy was about thirty, um, maybe maybe up to forty if you were if you were doing all right. But yeah, to to see an entire nation's kingdoms dukedoms just wiped off the face of the earth is pretty drastic. But there was there was a silver lining, and it, to me, the Black Death is so important because you have this massive downside in the death. And then a massive upside in this massive opening of an opportunity for people that survived. And it sounds quite kind of rose-tinted to look at it this way. But the, the fact is, it, the, 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 pop, the peasant population that was left, because let's get this right, the, the peasant population of, of Western Europe in the 14th century were under essentially slavery in the form of serfdom. Um, which for those that don't know, um, a serf is someone that is tied to the land. They are not free, but they're not enslaved. They were paid for their work, but they basically, you rented a plot of land from a landowner. Um, you would farm that land for them. You would give them the food. You would be given a small amount back. And you were tied to that land for life. Your children in it, their grandchildren, etc., etc., etc. And the Black Death allowed for this population that was left to go, hang on a minute. Now there's one of me doing, say, four people's jobs. Are you still expecting me to get paid this amount of money? No chance. I kind of want some more. And the landowners and the manor lords had no choice but to go, you know what, mate, you're right. There isn't enough of you here anymore. Here's a little bit more. And it allowed a lot of people to free themselves from serfdom. And in a way, it was the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back over a long period of time that ended feudalism. So it reduced the importance of the... It's, it, it created the middle class as we have it, relatively have it today, kind of a merchant class, a, um, a small farm, farming kind of class, like the yeoman class as such. Um, and it just, it kind of slowly disintegrated the kind of the middle upper class of kind of um, small manor men um, that would own X amount of land and that would have Y amount of peasants working on it. It kind of completely shook it up, uh, and it led to some pretty um, some pretty drastic things later on in the century with the um, with the peasants' revolt. But again, that's a that's a topic for another day, I think. So that was a huge change in people's livelihoods and lifestyles because of yeah. what happened. Yeah, it really was. It's um, it completely shook up the status quo, um, not just in England but across kind of Western Europe, especially in England and France and places like that. It changed the way we, as a as a as a culture, as a society, looked at the lower orders. Yes, they were still second rate. Yes, they were still treated pretty badly and paid poorly. But there was an opportunity, and there wasn't really anything that the upper class could do because it was going to do the work. 
there wasn't anybody left. Absolutely. There's a there's a chain there, isn't there? And if, if the chain's broken for whatever reason, then then you need to adapt. Yeah, and I think the lower orders adapted a lot faster and a lot better than the than the upper classes did because realistically their life shouldn't have really changed much because they still had their wealth, they still had their castles and their lovely big manor houses. Yes, some of their distant relatives and sons and daughters will have died of the black, but life was short and harsh, so they were used to that. But looking out at the field and just seeing a dead cow and that was it, where, say, a hundred farmers once stood, you know, there was widespread famine after the Black Death. It, it, it decimated the population afterwards because there was no one to bring in the harvest. They just rotted in the fields. So that's... Uh, uh... By this happening and the land workers dying, it became a threat almost to the way of the upper class's life. Mm. Yeah, it it really did plant the seeds for for some kind of change. And that it's 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 interesting. Um, I'm going to make a comparison uh, a lot further on down the line. So again, we're talking um, the early 20th century. So when um, we're sort of coming to the end of the era of the big, the the Downton Abbeys and the big manor houses and the upstairs downstairs. Um, after World War Two, there and one, there was a a generation wiped out completely. Um, yeah. a generation of 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 footmen, um, people who would work the land, um, and that ultimately ended the the acceptance of having these these big houses where a lot of people would live and work and their families would live and work and then the country had no money so they had to tax them and then a lot of them got knocked down because i mean how many families do you know that live in these massive manor houses now it just doesn't exist does it and that was from an event very similar to 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 this where a lot of people lost lives yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a really good comparison. Um, I think to put that on its head, for comparison, I think 1% of the population of Britain died fighting during the First World War, one of the most bloody conflicts in human history, second only to the Second World War. It's to put that into comparison with 40% as a very, pes- very optimistic um, number on the population that shows how drastic of a of a change the black death caused but you're absolutely right this isn't the the only time and it, it probably won't be the last time that we have a a massive drop in population or a massive growth in population that leads to a completely civilization changing event my mind is blown yet again by you being on the show <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. No, do. Do. Please do. We're going to do a few more of these. Chris and I have been talking on um, social media, sort of bouncing ideas off of each other. So um, our next episode is going to be sort of flip reverse. So my knowledge is going to get tested then. So we're going to do an episode on Lady Jane Grey. Um, I'm not going to say any more at the moment so we will investigate that a little bit later on but um thank you so much again for coming on and explaining to me a period of history that i don't know huge amounts about 
and um, I've had really positive feedback from sort of the listeners from our last show. So again, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, again, please plug anything that you want to plug <laughs> right now. You know, I'll do that. This is your opportunity. Um, again, thank you so much for having me back. Um, I really, really do thoroughly enjoy these. Um, and if people do have feedback, positive or negative, if I get something wrong, just let me know. Um, you know, get in touch with the podcast, get in touch with me, you know, at Chris Riley underscore on Instagram. See that? Seamless. Um, Amazing. You know, get in touch. Thank you. I've been working on it. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> you get in touch. Um, you've got a topic you want to discuss, an idea you want me, to, you know, you want to bring to the, you know, the podcast that, you know, we can talk about. Sweet. Let me know. Um, but yeah, if you want to know more about um, chemical warfare, um, we have a wonderful article on the historycorner.org website uh, that one of our writers wrote. It's wonderful. It talks about Genghis Khan, uh, Alexander the Great, all sorts of stuff about flinging all sorts of stuff over walls. It's wicked. Uh, but yeah, thehistorycorner.org, I would 100% recommend checking out. Uh, and of course, my wonderful Instagram, which is um, really, really medieval. Um, but I think it's pretty cool. But yeah, thanks again for having me on, man. And I can't wait to talk about Lady Jane Grey, because I know very, very little about the Nine Day Queen. And now, coming to you from the classiest radio station on the air, this is... Oh, I've gone away, Kerry. Oh, it's me. I plugged my headphones. I'll turn you down one sec. Oh. Right, try that. There we go. Is that better? Yeah. Because you'll be coming you'll be coming through the mic that I've got separate to my Mac, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll bring you up to my mouth. That's the weirdest thing I've said so far today. That is the <laughs> Oh, I wish that was on the podcast. Small, 